Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Redbeard Radio. I am Alana Dickman. I am a partner at Redbeard Ventures, and I'm your co-host along with Drew Austin, the founding partner of Redbeard Ventures. This week, we're going to have Tyler Warner, uh, the NFT lead from our portfolio company, Lucky Trader, which is the premier destination for NFT content, tools, and analysis. Tyler runs our podcast, Morning Minute, which is all you need to know about what's happening in the space in 60 seconds or less, and also writes for the platform. But before we dive in, everybody listening, please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, also comment. If you have any questions, we are here to answer them. We'll be monitoring it. Uh, so we'll respond to you or we'll even mention it on our next weekly podcast. And Redbeard Ventures is sponsored by Alto. Alto makes it easy for individuals to invest in alternative assets with their retirement funds through a self-directed IRA. So you could access private deals on the Alto marketplace, their new platform for accredited investors. So visit altoira.com forward slash marketplace to learn more. Drew, we are back. The NFT market's booming. ETH is up 26.49% in the last month. Bitcoin's up 31.48%. And the NFT trading volume is at a three-month high at totaling 19.1 million. So how are you feeling? I'm having fun. Um, you know, honestly, it's been a while since I was able to like really be enthusiastic about NFTs. Um, you know, I never like, I'm one of those people that kind of bought through the, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of consolidation. Uh, so like, you know, I have a ton of NFTs, probably, you know, 3000 or whoever, who knows how many now at this point, but you know, I, so a lot of what I was doing over the, the, of the bear market was thinking about like, what are the projects and what are the NFTs that I believe will sustain the test of time that can, that, that will be, that will really benefit when the market rebounds. And what I would do is I was saying, I basically consolidated, I would sell positions that either I wasn't as connected to, I didn't feel that passion for, or maybe I wasn't in touch with their, their community or their development or the things that you needed to do to really benefit from their platform. And I just kind of consolidated into the positions that I really liked and really am excited about. And um, it's fun to just start to see people really talking about it again. You know, I've always, I always felt that like down or up, the technology of NFTs is not going anywhere. Um, and the idea simply that I was searching for, you know, 2016, I believe, when I started looking into the idea of digital collectibles and, you know, I started looking into this concept of colored coins, which were the words for NFTs almost before NFTs existed. And then when I found Super Rare to start buying NFT art, you know, this idea that I'm a collector and I believe that that digital collectibles will have a very substantial role in our future as an asset class, as a memorabilia class, as a collector's piece, et cetera. Um, and I think what we're seeing right now is that trend starting to take place where people aren't necessarily only buying NFTs right now specifically for what is the utility? What are they going to do to me? What am I going to get? What am they're looking I think they're starting to look at it as like, what role does this NFT play in the history of the, of of NFTs? What what is the art? What does the appreciation for art play a role? Who is the creator of it, and what is the and how do I start to collect from that creator? And that really excites me is the collecting component to NFTs. Yeah, I just want to add that Drew came to LA uh, this past weekend, and the whole time, like I see him and on his phone, he's on OpenSea and he's buying and selling and talking to his alpha group. So it's definitely interesting, but I think it turned off 
a lot of people in the bear market. At -hmm. least like, obviously you heard about a ton of people making money in the bull market, but the people who were left with the bags lost money. And so when people are looking at this new potential market and hype that's happening in this space, and you mentioned that you're kind of selling some and you sold some throughout the bear that you didn't believe in, like, what should people be looking for? And what are really some of those signs that you look for when you're investing in some of these NFTs? Yeah, I think like, you know, the first like the rule of thumb that I was taught even as an art collector is, you know, buy something that you like. Like at the the very start of this, it's like buy something that you like, that you want to own, that you want to look at, that you want to collect. If you start there, you really can't lose because you own something that you appreciate at the end of it. So for me, that's where it starts for me. And when I started thinking about like, what are the things that I want to buy and that I want to own, you know, a lot of it, you know, my biggest position in NFTs is CryptoPunks by far. Um, I, you know, I, I own, you know, three myself and I have, I, I have a share in two others, but like, I believe in CryptoPunks personally, because I believe in its historical role in the journey and the story of digital art um, as a new art medium as a new platform, as a new way to uh, for creatives and collectibles, et cetera. So I look at CryptoPunks first and foremost as almost the store of value in uh, of NFTs. Uh, I, you know, if you were to say Bitcoin is the store of value of crypto tokens, I think I think CryptoPunks is the store of value um, in the NFT market. So that's the you know starting place for me. And then I start to look into so that my like the factors I look into are a who are the creators that I want to collect. So, you know, most recently, for example, I bought two um, X-Copy. You know, X-Copy is one of the most famous Web3 artists. I didn't really own any X-Copy pieces. Um, he participated in uh, Punk, uh, Punk 6529's meme collection. And I've, I've always had a couple of the memes. I never had a ton of them. But I, I always, I think it's a really amazing collection, um, the, the, the Punk 6529 meme collection, because A, I think it's just like a statement of Web3. It's a, it's a collection that I think really aligns with a lot of what makes the Web3 collectibles and art around memes as an asset class, as, an, as a piece of art. It kind of really represents that. And they have some of the best artists in the world that have participated in that collection. So for me, like I, I just went through that. I was, so I started with buying two, I, bought, I started buying two of X copies um, memes editions. And I, I bought two because my my as a trader, as an investor, one I know that I want to hold on to long term. My thought process is my thesis for this one is I think this is the kind of collection that I believe will increase in value over time. As the market turns, as people start to look for you know, NFTs that they want to invest in and purchase, I think direct like finding the meme collection and finding X copy uh, will be something that they that will be in demand. So my whole theory is okay, great. If I can see that project, if I can see that that piece two, three X over time, when it hits that in that in that window, I could sell one of them and then hold my other one for long term with no with no risk, no investment. So that's my thesis there. It's why you know the whole one to stock, one to rock kind of concept, where I, I hope to be able to trade one and hold one long term. And then I looked through the memes collection in particular, and there were a bunch of other amazing artists that I just really love 
Um, so I bought a few more of those. I bought Guido. He's an amazing photographer, super, super popular. I have a bunch of his pieces. Another artist that I love, Brendan North. I bought one of his. I also own some of his other artworks. Um, All right, let's take a step back though, because yeah. people are seeing this market. They're like, okay, like what is happening? Like people who aren't as entrenched. So what is causing this bull market happen? What was the first tail sign? Was it an NFT episode? Was it there's yeah, I mean, a ton of there's, partnerships? Yeah, I think there's a couple factors. I think A, uh, crypto has been has been making a nice run, which means that people have more liquidity. That's the first and foremost. When people have liquidity and crypto's up in value, they have more. They have they feel like they're they have more to be able to spend on things that they like, and they feel like they can invest more, and they feel more confident in their investing decisions. Obviously, there was the Simpson episode that was like a huge factor in just bringing NFTs back to the forefront of discussion. But you know, so for but again, going back to all of this, I think at the end of the day, it's really about. I like to find the artists that I want to collect in or the projects that I believe in um, or the pieces that I believe have historical value. And I'm focusing a lot more this time around on what I believe has collectible value as opposed to utility value for the current time. I think that once the gaming NFT revolution comes into place, which again, I believe will be one of the biggest drivers of the next wave of NFT adoption, I'll, I'll probably rethink that position. But at the current time, I'm really focusing on which NFT I think will have collectible value, let alone let and not have to be driven by is the team doing this, is the team doing that, is the team doing this. I think that that that's just a, a never-ending um, spiral, which you know, in a lot of cases, is ultimately driven people the projects into into challenging positions to be able to keep up a positive um, momentum in the face of you know, any kind of market downturn because the community gets frustrated. But when it, when, it, when it comes to art and collectibles, there's far less pressure. I mean, you're buying it because you believe that the collectible itself will appreciate in value. So that's been a little bit of my thesis at the current time, which I evolve as I, as I go. And I know we're going to get into more um, when we bring up Tyler, but quickly, like, how do you think that this affects the companies that you're currently seeing from a venture perspective. How are you looking at this? You saw OpenSea valuation get cut. You've seen, but the market's booming. So are these companies going to have more money to spend uh, to have the technology that these Web3 companies have? Yeah, I mean, listen. I think that a we're seeing a really a, a great rebound in overall token in token um, and alternate. You know, some of the alt tokens and a lot of those alt tokens correlate to projects that are related to NFTs, like uh, like Get Protocol, for example, which is a um, which is one of our portfolio companies. It's a decentralized ticketing platform. You know, they have uh, a token that's been substantially increasing in value. They have a um, they have just recently released. Uh, the collector's interface for people that are buying tickets um, and now turning those tickets into memorabilia and collectibles. And I think that's a great use case for ticketing and for NFTs. So I'm very excited about what I'm seeing there. And I think that that's going to con uh, continue to be a, a very interesting market and interesting experience. Um, you know, I, I think that, I, you know, obviously I'm a huge believer in NBA Top Shot. I think that's another one that, uh, you know, they've been just selling out left and right from their rookie debut and benefiting off Victor Wembenyama. And then Dapper Today just announced that, Disney is going to be um, releasing the Disney pin collection as an NFT collection, which is just brilliant. It's a perfect, it's a perfect marriage. I mean, the Disney pin collections have done, have done tremendous business over time and they're, they're just perfectly suited as an NFT collectible. And I think again, they're playing into, Hey, we want to play into the collectible game. If you look at Dapper top shot, it's not about utility per se. They're really leaning towards collectible. 
That's why they're leaning into the rookie cards, et cetera. And now at Disney, the pins, they're really focusing on the collectible nature. You have companies like Cryptoys, for example, that is both collectible and utility. And I think that we'll see a more of that. And they're one of the innovative brands that have brought something new to the NFT market. But I think we're still looking for some of the unique utility-driven experiences that will drive that side of the market while the collector market continues to appreciate yeah. All right. Well, I think this is a perfect time to bring up Tyler because I know he's going to have a lot to say about the space, what's been happening the last few weeks. So let's bring him up. Hello, Tyler. How's it going? Great to have you. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the intro. And yeah, I'm excited to be here and the market's alive. Uh, I can't believe also you have a Christmas tree in your background. I'm like, wait a second. What month are we in? That's insane to me. I feel like we're still in the summer. Hey, Christmas came early for NFT enthusiasts and it came early in my house as well. I, I've got two toddlers at home. They, they've been chomping at the bit uh, to oh. get the Christmas decor up. So, so we gave in uh, this it. past weekend, actually, but love uh, it, love it's, it. it's been fun. Uh, Tyler, really quickly. So what is, uh, you know, the top of my, like top of mind right now for you, obviously your, you know, your job at Lucky Trader is really to be at the, have your finger on the pulse of, of the major developments that are happening all across NFTs. Um, you know, I guess first let's tell me, tell me a little bit about how you do that and like how you pay attention to this space and what are you looking for in terms of big, like kind of needle moving news and opportunities. And then, um, then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So in, in the newsroom over at Lucky Trader, we, we've got a nice little system set up uh, through Discord where, you know, we are connected to, you know, the, the, the top 50, top 100 projects. We're connected to the, the news sources across kind of crypto, across some, some NFT uh, news breaking sources as well. And we, we funnel it into our own Discord. So, you know, we're monitoring that all day. We see the pings, you know, right when, when news breaks. So that's uh, an input channel for us. And then, you know, for me, it's also just kind of, you know, following uh, the, the voices in the market. So it means a lot of grinding on, on X and, and being in the conversation and seeing, you know, what is getting attention because I mean, th this is absolutely an attention game. That, yeah. that we're in. So, I, I mean, the, that, that's how, I mean, at a very high level, that, that's kind of how I'm staying on top of things. And of course, you know, using the data sources, uh, you know, a, a variety of Dune dashboards, you know, crypto slams, some, some in-house tools as well. And do you see this as the next bull market? Like, do you see this just now just going up from here or where do you see what's going to be happening in the next few months? Oh, up only mode. I mean, I sure hope so. So uh, I hosted a show on Friday, just solely titled, Are We Back? And it was just kind of recapping all the bullish headlines. And I mean, I think the answer to that question is like, you know, we are absolutely back to the point where it's time to start paying attention to NFTs again. And mm -hmm. even myself, you know, covering the space on a daily basis, like I hadn't really opened my wallet to, to buy NFTs for, for several months. Uh, just because it was a clear downtrend. And I personally wanted to, to find that inflection point. I do think that inflection point has happened. Um, and I think we are, we are past the, the local bottom and it seems like we are moving in an uptrend. Now, is it going to be totally up only? Probably not. And there's going to be some hiccups. Um, I think we're, we're already seeing some hiccups play out in, in the crypto space here. Uh, but it, it, it's time to, to start paying attention again. New mints are moving. Punks, you know, Drew, Drew's happy punk crossed 120K. 
the, the other day. So there are some, some real signs of life. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I think that there is there is something to be said for the fact that if, you know, people thought NFTs were heading towards being dead, if you will, NFTs are dead, they're not, or the big headline, NFTs are worthless. That was what people were saying about it. Now, a bounce like this um, and the rebound of interest, in my opinion, builds confidence uh, of the consumer in the fact that, hey, there is going to be interest again. It's not something that like we will never see and people will buy again. When you know, when we had a we had a couple year run of up, up, up only, and then it's really been down ever since. So the fact is, there is this general question that any consumer is rightfully going to have: of is there a bounce? Is there a rebound? Or was this just a fad and then it's dead? And I think that like for people like myself, I've had conviction in this market ever since. Now, granted, it does not mean I have conviction in every project or every NFT. I, I would probably say that 99% won't have that, that, that same rebound. But the ones that do sustain, the ones that are successful, um, I think will rebound and even rebound greater. What do you now, like as a, as both from both a professional perspective and your role in Lucky Trader, but also as like a personal collector, an investor, et cetera, you know, what are you looking for in terms of like, where do you, what, what do you look for to say like, oh, this is interesting. Like this is something I'd want to get my hands on. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a couple of things I'm looking at. One is, you know, who were the teams, who were the artists who, who showed up during the, the bear market and were able to kind of maintain attention, maintain some type of a floor. I mean, certainly the, the Jack Butcher ecosystem is, is one that stands out for me. You know, as I, as I think about 2023 and this year, and, and you touched on it, it's been like a down only year. Like what are going to be the, the takeaways when we reflect back on this in 2025 and I think it, it's it's Jack Butcher, and it's Refik Anadol, and like th those are the two names. And I, it's hard for me to think that those, those guys aren't gonna. Those are fantastic calls. No, so what what made you? Why do those stand out to you? Those are great calls. Uh, so I think just the the combination of for Jack, I mean the Checks project, I think was a brilliant commentary kind of you know performance art, you know social art, and then the the launch of Opepin. And just the, the mechanics of that project. I, I saw the, I saw someone tweet today, um, you know, we're, we're 25 sets in out of 200. And I think uh, we're, we're something like six months into the project. So it's, it's going to be like two or four years or, or something absurd till, till this thing ends. And I mean, it's an attention to game and he, he's always going to have this mechanic or this lever to pull uh, to find that attention. And I think there was some, there's a lot of questions about where he was going to go with it. Uh, but then we saw the the, the collabs, sort of not, not collab, but we saw the pudgy penguin derivative, and then we saw the the squig peppins, uh, snow peppins. Uh, I think that was a, a signal of that. There were some big things coming for this, so totally. I think that, that I completely, I completely agree. It's actually one of one of my. I probably say the the most active position I took over the bear market was Opepin by far, um, and that's still one that I'm holding. That's one of those projects I consolidated into because I think Jack Butcher is an innovator and an artist. And when you put innovator, artist, and businessman and combined, I think that's a really great recipe for someone who can lead a successful NFT initiative. Um, and he and he knows how to grab, grab attention. You know, there are the definitely naysayers with the project. In my in my own Warwick DAO, like we are, we have a very like kind of mix. Like people are like, well, how is this ever? People are going to forget about it, or people are going to, you know, how is he going to sustain this over so much time? People are going to get frustrated. You know, it's it's a really interesting experiment. Um, 
But you know, I'm I'm also I'm a big believer. What do you think about the board apes of the world, the gutter cats, the the PFP movement? Like, where do you think that? How do you think that plays out the next wave? Yeah, I think that's been one of my bigger bigger surprises, right? I think the consensus view over the last few months was that it it was art that was holding up well, and art was going to kind of carry us into this this next market, and that that's not really how, what what played out here. Uh, you know, after this inflection point. It was the the PFP market which led the, the rally, um, and it, and it wasn't even just the leaders, right? It wasn't punks, board apes. I mean, it was it was to a T. It's almost like we went around like the merry-go-round of the the top thirty existing and historical PFP collections, and they all caught you know anywhere from a fifty percent to a one hundred percent move off the bottom. Um, and I don't think people expected that. And I think that is a signal that, you know, all of this wasn't just a total fad. It's not all going to zero. Like there is uh, a level of value that these things will hold on a minimum basis. Um, and I think we had corrected too far down. And I think this was a correction move um, up. And, you know, now we're starting to, to see the art market move as well. Because then it was like, okay, well, why haven't Squiggles moved? Why haven't Fatenza's moved? And, and now we, we've seen those uh, start to tick up a little bit this week. And I think nature uh, healing a bit there. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I don't see a world where like punks go to a, a million dollar floor. You know, that, I think that's a, a lot of folks kind of bull, bull target. Don't tell but, Drew that. He's like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, that's my biggest position. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he, he's, he's well set up there um, that, that, that board apes don't, you know, at least move up to a degree, right? Like I'm not saying they're going to move up the same amount, um, but we're, we're not just going to forget about them. Well, I think it's like the blue chip projects, right? Like those have some, ha almost all the other projects are probably not going to be at the levels that they were at in the last bull run. And I know Drew mentioned before, like gaming is a big thing that we look at at Red Beard Ventures as kind of one of the biggest use cases for NFTs. So I'm curious to know, like, what are some of the other use cases you see, especially while like diving in? Like there's obviously the collectibles, there's the NFT PFPs, there's gaming. Like where's the biggest utility that you're really excited about in this space that you think is going to drive user adoption? Yeah, I think one of the, the most exciting ones is in, in some, like the, the crossover of, of the digital and physical with like what brands like IYK are, are doing. So now, and I don't know the, the specifics of this, but there's a musician um, who, you know, she has like a, a sweatshirt. And if you own the sweatshirt, you get beamed her, her, her next, like her next song that comes out. Mm -hmm. And then she can continue to, to beam songs to the holders of this digital you know the nft they, with the uh, are they using 90cc like they're right? 90cc like g money's clothing brand to do the the the, uh, the the tech side of it i think it's through iyk i don't know if iyk is tied into 90cc i know it's very similar mm -hmm. uh, you know business models and products but i mean that is a cool use case right like you, you own the the NFT, you own the physical piece, and then you actually get first access uh, to to songs that, yeah. that the public doesn't get. I mean, it, it's the it's the true fan model, yeah. and I think you know that one's not going away. And I also think loyalty, which like I think a lot of the bigger brands stopped because of this last bear market. But like I think more and more are going to continue to go in. Like nobody talks about Starbucks right now, but I still get emails all the time saying like, hey, collect your loyalty, collect your reward, collect your stamp. And I think now as more brands feel more comfortable, I think they're still going to be coming into this space. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the, the Disney news from this morning is it's, huge for that as well. Like, even if you don't care about this specific Disney NFT, this mm-hmm. this the signal that they have entered. They're, they're partnering with, with Dapper Labs. They're, they're coming on flow. It's just more of an example for, you know, the, the other big brands who are like, you know, if, if they're on the fence about whether they should do it, if like the, the NFT term was too negative for the brand, well, I mean, here is another huge step forward. Uh, from Disney. So I think it's hard not to be bullish uh, about that. And then you have to also think about the infrastructure starting to improve to enable more um, creative initiatives. Like, for example, like even just talking about 9DCC again, you know, 9DCC just announced, I think it was today, um, the Powered by 9DCC, which means that it's now, like when they started, it was all very curated, very curated, all branded specifically for 9DCC. But now, can meet people, creators can come onto their platform and build these connected um, fashion experiences with their technology built in where if anyone's wearing their shirt or hat or jersey or whatever, walk up to it, scan it, and then you're now you're part of that ecosystem. You're part, you can receive an NFT, you can receive rewards, you can receive experiences. That type of infrastructure is going to be really exciting, I think, to also bigger brands getting into the space and getting that entrance point. Yeah, anyone who can figure out a, a way to let others build on top of their, you know, on, on top of their foundation, on top of their pro- their products, their, their protocols, just, just seems like such a slam dunk play, especially if it's a good core product, right? I mean, Artblocks has that capability with the Artblocks engine, and now we, we've seen them branch out into like the generative physical space, yeah. uh, which also feels like very like a very early and immature market, but seems like one that absolutely could have legs in the future and now 9DCC doing something very similar. Um, and it, it just makes see, sense. Uh, did you see what, um, so Super Rare uh, had an announcement this week that they're doing something with Van Armin. Did you come across that? Where where uh, Van Armin, um, you know, another famous artist is doing a one of one of 128. So it's like everyone's a one of one and there's 120 unique one of ones in this series. Um, so it's coming out, they're, they're using the new like lazy minting auction mechanic that super rare just introduced but the cool thing is is that they're all he's also rewarding people in an interesting way so if like if anyone um there's a like a physical to incentivize secondary sales that they're gonna they're offering the first 50 collectors that list and actually resell one of the works on the secondary um at a price that's either equal or greater to the mint price are going to actually receive a free signed physical mint for me, I'm the kind of collector that loves that stuff. Like I love to get physicals. Like I have probably 15 pairs of artifact sneakers already um, of all different types. So I think that's A, a great way to incentivize secondary action, B, a great way to incentivize royalties and drive more royalty demand. But three, it's also another way where we're seeing this physical and digital connection. Um, you know, obviously artifact, I think, is probably the best example of it to date. Um, have you have you participated in any of the artifact drops? Oh, I have, uh, you know, I, I, the Nike, the, the, the crypto kicks that the, the dunk Genesis crypto kicks, right. I, I feel like uh, th- those had to have some historical collectible value. So uh, I jumped in early on those. I, I've missed some of the cool sneakers. I've got a few of the sweatshirts. I, actually, I have the very first um, AR sweatshirt where you scan the, the QR code oh, and the yeah. wings pop out of, of the back. Uh, so, I mean, they do some really cool stuff, but I mean, back to on like the, the physical meets digital piece. I mean, 
I think we thought our digital displays would be better. Like it's the end of 2023, and we don't really have that many great digital displays They're for our NFTs. And like these platforms, these artists figured that out. It's like, let's get folks prints. And then guess what? If you own the print, you're probably a little bit more attached to that you know, digital asset as well. So, so you're probably right. a little bit less likely uh, to, to sell it off. So yeah, I uh, even did, I participated in the crypto, crypto punks, which I think that um, you guys done a fantastic job so far of, 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 of kind of shepherding the crypto punk brand and how they've like really kind of not, they're not trying to overdo it, but they've done very tasteful things. Like they're doing that show right now with NFT now about the journey of crypto punks from punks owners. And then they did that physical release. I don't know if you saw that where there was a physical um, release for anyone who owns a punk could actually then go and buy one of these um, physical uh, versions of their punk. I actually purchased one for my own. Um, I thought that was a great initiative and a great collectible, like, um, uh, like collectible experience uh, that that really parlays well into what punks is trying to do. What did, what did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, they partnered with Avant Art, I think, for that one. So Avant Art has been doing a great job you know, helping to facilitate these, uh, these physical, uh, you know, tie-ins, the, the prints to this. And I think what, hey, so like that made sense. It also opened the door. So for collectors outside of the ecosystem, we're able to buy like the 10K version. Um, which, so you could have like a, a view of all the 10,000 punks as kind of like a historical collectible. So, I mean, I think that was a nice uh, addition as well. I think with, with respect to how Yuga has handled punks, I mean, I think, if, as a punk holder, what you want them to do is not screw up and help elevate the brand as, yeah. as like the primary two things. I think they've done that, right? Like they, they've, they've got them into the museums now. I think the series with NFT now kind of, uh, you know, interviewing the founders, starting to shed a little bit more light on, uh, you know, the other aspects of how they were built. The, the culture makes a, a ton of sense because you're just uh, like, let's avoid mistakes with, with this one. Uh, and, and so far, they're proving that they, they get it. And I'm sorry, Lynn, go. I was just going to switch it a little bit because like a lot of people listening right now are apart from just investing in NFTs and crypto, they're also investing in infrastructure. They're investing in gaming. And so I was wondering, like, based on the fact that you're looking at so much news happening in the space, you're looking at Web3 as a whole. Is there anything that you're really excited about coming up apart from NFTs? Oh, apart from NFTs, um, I mean, certainly SocialFi. So, I mean, I, I dove headfirst into SocialFi. I know it, it is uh, a, a bit of um, a market where folks are kind of on, on one side of the fence or the other. But, I mean, I think it's hard to argue with, uh, you know, how much it kind of galvanized uh, a base. And we've seen a few cycles play out already, primarily in FinTech. I mean, we've seen 35 plus forks spun up, uh, you know, competitors trying to, to match with what Frentech has. They don't have it just yet. Um, no. it, it seems like it's kind of deriving more value perhaps back to the the original. It's definitely a lull in that market right now, but still early. I mean, the whole social fi ecosystem is like, you know, this new iteration of it um, is, you know, three to four months old. So it, it's definitely one I'm paying close attention to because I think that the, the upside is there if, uh, you know, if racer and team can figure this out, uh, that there's certainly some, some risk. So that's definitely a, a new niche market. I've been spending a lot of time in. What do you, have you seen anything? So I, I also am a big believer in social fi as well. Um, I, I think it's just a huge opportunity there. Uh, I haven't 
found the thing yet in part personally or the thing that I've that's really gotten me inspired. I thought there was some really interesting nuance and innovation from Frontech. I thought the idea of these private chats and the subscription component, I think that they did some really innovative things. I think people were way too, um, you know, as always concerned about this price and that price and which, you know, again, that's just, that's the speculative nature of Web3. But uh, I did think at the, at the, uh, they, that they're at the core was really some interesting components. Have you seen any other interesting use cases around social so far? Like, have you seen anything that's really kind of like, oh, that that made me think that there's something there. Maybe we're onto something with this. Like, have you seen any others, even through the forks or other products that you've maybe explored? I mean, I think the core concept that resonated with me is just the the ability for you know creators to monetize their their platforms. And I mean, we we saw. Elon and, and X moving toward this, but I mean, it's, it's very difficult to make any real uh, money off, off X unless you're, you know, you have a, a super large following. Um, mm. It's much easier to do that via SocialFi. And, you know, unfortunately, I think you nailed it. The, the finance aspect kind of overran the app and it, it drove some of like the real founders, some of the interesting personalities who joined the app away, uh, mm-hmm. un- unfortunately, right? Like we, we saw a, a big wave in September where a lot of folks signed up. I mean, what Matt Kalish, uh, you know, leader of DraftKings signed up. Um, Peter mm-hmm. Jennings, Lucky Trader founder, Jonathan Bales, uh, a lot of guys from the sports industry, they all joined, but then they kind of, they went away just as fast because the it was a little bit too financialized, not enough social, and that kind of detracted from it. So I now think this whole sector has a challenge. It's like, how are you going to get these folks back? And, and I don't necessarily have all the answers for that. No, it's um, yeah, but I, I am hopeful that, that we can figure something out over time. There just need, there needs to be, um, there needs to be ownership of your following, like distributed and decentralized ownership of your followers to be able to bring from experience to experience with you because like you don't really want to go to a new platform every time and start over that's just very it's, it's hard it's frustrating so there's got to be some ability for that but um yeah something to that nature i think yeah you took the words out of my mouth i was gonna say like that's one of the most important things like why can't you take your followers also why don't you like know your followers like you go on X and you have no idea who follows you. There's no easy way to go ahead and filter. At least LinkedIn allows you that ability. And a lot of newsletter platforms allows you to download your followers. But in terms of a lot of these like social apps, they really don't let you. And I think it's crazy that none of these applications are doing it. But I do think there's Farcaster. There's what was Blue Blue Sky? What was the other like decentralized mm. uh, social one? And so like other ones are trying, but it's just nobody wants to restart there where it's, it would be different if you could download it and bring it in and then everybody would be in this new application, but you can't do that. So I think that just makes it really hard. Yeah, you're spot on. I think that it, it's the, the social aspect and the FI aspect. And I think like with, with Farcaster and some of these others, like this, the, the financial incentives just weren't there. Right now, in in some of the, the new social five players, the financial aspect is there, but the, but there are problems with the social area that, that have been very hard uh, to overcome. So I mean, there's a chance that we just we haven't even seen the winner yet, right? No, and I, someone I, else I, should, I should come in and figure sh- this out. 
I think there's a very strong possibility of that. Has has there been any developments out of the the metaverse kind of movement, the metaverse like uh, side of things? So, you know, obviously Sandbox, uh, you know, was one of the premier ones. I'm obviously, you, I'm, you know, if you've ever watched, I'm super bullish on Wilder World and all the stuff that they're doing. Um, you know, have you have you been paying attention to you know what's going on in that sector, and has there been any progress or new developments? I'm a little less actively plugged into the metaverse sector right now. I feel like Web3 Gaming has kind of, you know, stepped in and, and taken a little bit of the shine uh, away from the metaverse because in some ways a lot of these games are their own uh, metaverses. And now we've kind of moved away from virtual land to, to tokens. And I think this the, the, the laundry list of, of all these projects with, with tokens coming out it is certainly where, where the puck is right now and, and where it seems to be going in the, the near future. I mean, I know sandbox continues to deliver. I mean, we're, we're publishing a few different stories, uh, you know, about what they're building more partnerships and collabs. Um, so, I mean, they, they seem like they are going to be sticking around. And I think that the concept of the metaverse absolutely is going to stick around. So, you know, I think drew you're plugged into the OPEPIN, uh, ecosystem so board elon right he he runs his weekly friday spaces um mm. and then he held one he held his, his group show a few weeks back in, in a metaverse um, oh, and i just thought that was just like a, a really cool example and of course it, it's super micro niche and it's just the, the <laughs> folks who are already in this niche community participating but it just kind of goes to show like like what you can do with uh the technology but not necessarily financialized so like it didn't take uh, you know, it wasn't on uh, like a, a crypto. Oh, I'm forgetting some of the old metaverse. Uh, yeah, yeah the, sand, the central end or sandbox. But but you know, I think uh, you know what I've seen from them that, or at least the ones that I'm very excited about. So, for example, with Wilder World, what I think Wilder World has done is taken a very like kind of a phased approach. So first, it's like okay, let's give you guys a vision of the world that we're building and, and what we want to accomplish here. It's a long-term play, but we're going to be here for the long term. We're going to execute along the way. Then you start to, they started to release various different NFTs and assets that you would want to own in that world. So, you know, your your cars, your apartment, your art and collectibles, your your pets, your weapons, your toys, whatever it might be. So it starts it started with that. Now the next step for someone like Wild for Wilder World, which I'm really excited about because that's coming in December, is going to be their first game. And the game is going to be the introduction to their metaverse world, but only one piece of it. This is going to be the car racing game. So the cars you've acquired and you've purchased and, per and played with are now going to be in unison with their token, wild token, a have a major role in the, the first introduction to the wild world ecosystem. And you can really see that being the stepping stone to, okay, great. Now that we're in the, the, the car racing, now there's all this other stuff. Like they're saying that they're going to be having, you know, they want to have gas stations and car repair shops and, you know, all these things that you can start to build businesses around that you need to use their token for. So I, I think that they've done, I, I think that, you know, project, you know, teams like that, you know, with Wilder World and Zero, uh, they're, they're, they're just some of the most ambitious teams in the space and their vision is so powerful. I hope that this next wave of Web3 is really supportive of those types of teams and projects that are really out there trying to execute the vision that I think we all want to see realized, as opposed to the speculative like, oh, you know, uh, Simpsons just came out. Let's make a Simpson punk NFT and try to sell it like crazy and quickly take money from the audience. Like That to me, I'd love to see a lot less of that and a lot more investment in 
these amazing teams and projects that are really paving the way for the next generation of NFTs. Yeah, I think we will. And clearly they've learned some lessons from the, the 2021-2022 era, right? So like with, with Yuga and other deeds, I mean, launching 100,000 other deeds at that point in time, like quite literally set off the, the, the bear market. And, and now we're seeing teams do, you know, the opposite approach. And like you kind of mentioned with, with Wilder, more of this like phased rollout. Here's one aspect of the, the metaverse and then you know here's the game and like okay well at this point in time here is our first set of nfts and they're lower supply you know they're, they're 300 they're, they're 500 they're, they're 700 uh you know mm -hmm. in amount that actually can be absorbed uh within this current market which still only has 10 to fifteen thousand people you know still actively trading in For it sure. so i think that the teams who realize that um are, are going to have more success i think you know forgotten runes is another good example, right? So like they, it was a team, the Forgotten Rune Wizards, some of the oldest PFPs back from 2021, um, they were, you know, they had some quiet stretches, but clearly were actively building, you know, throughout the last couple of years. Now their Runiverse game is finally here. They launched their Watcher's Ring NFT, what, last week, I believe. And now it's already been like a, a solid 20 or, or, or 30X for those who are lucky enough to, to get in the door. But part of that reason is, a, it, it plays an active role and unlocks utility in their, their world and in the game. And it was lower supply. It, it was like yeah. 700. Um, so the, the team's figuring this out. Like, like they're, they're, they're the ones who are going to have success. Have you seen anything outside of the ETH um, ecosystem? So like Solana is a lot of my, a lot of like my community right now, my, like my alpha groups and NFT groups are saying, Hey, we got to be paying, we got to finally be paying attention to the Solana NFT ecosystem. Now I've had, I recently, um, I, I checked out one of the games. Uh, I think it was, it's finish line. It's one of the, it's the horse racing game. Um, do you know which one I'm talking about? Finish yeah, line? I think it is finish line. Yeah, photo finish, photo finish. Photo finish, yeah. Um, photo finish has been as, was it really did a fantastic job and there was a ton of liquidity. So like, I ended up doing really well on selling a bunch of their NFTs. And then I also retained a couple horses so I could actually explore the game. Uh, I think they've done a fantastic job. What have you seen, you know, whether it's in Solana or even outside of it, that's also starting to get people's attention? I mean, I, I I'll come back to Solana in a second. I mean, I don't think we can slight like DraftKings Rainmakers over on Polygon. Like the this Rainmaker season two has been a, a lot more closely followed and has driven a lot more revenue. Uh, than I guess I, I expected. And, and they're a partner of ours at, at Lucky Trader. So we had high hopes, but I, I think that they've surpassed those, right? I mean, they, they did pack sale last night. It drove 1.8 million in revenue. They're number two on the, the Crypto Slam trending NFT projects. And then if you take a look at the monthly view, they're in the top 10 uh, along with So Rare. So, so clearly the, the NFT fantasy game, uh, the appetite for that is, is still there. And, you know, Polygon has, has, they did a nice job, you know, partnering with, with DraftKings on that one. Now, mm -hmm. coming over to Solana, you mentioned like the wealth effect, I think at the beginning of the show, right? Well, if you want to look at an ecosystem where folks are feeling a lot wealthier, it's those who bought Sol at like $10 and now saw it, you know, Sol or 5 or 6X. Um, so this past weekend, I think we saw our first real anecdotally it felt like we, we saw the first real movement of folks who have been more traditional ETH NFT traders, you know, bridge over to Solana uh, and, and start to actively trade over there. Um, you know, I think what's interesting about the Solana NFT market is there's not a whole lot 
uh, to choose from. I mean, I think there, there's still 10 to 20 projects that have kind of you know stood the test of time that are still kind of at the top of the board, but it feels like it's a, it's a market that is very open and, you know, when new mints from, you know, hype teams, teams with experience, or, or perhaps even teams, you know, from other chains come and, and, and launch projects, those are the ones that are going to be set up for some real success, I think. So that's definitely a market to, to start closely following. Any specific? It's- any specific that you've uh, that you've looked at? Like I'm looking at right now, Mad Lads is like one of the top ones right now. It looks like on Solana. I don't know much about it. I'm just looking on Crypto Slam to see what are what which you know. Are there any specific Solana projects that you guys have on? You know, with Lucky Trader, are you guys have any on your radar or the ones that you're reporting on, etc.? Yeah, none that I have like a specific buy thesis on. So I think you know you mentioned like lessons from the, the, this last cycle. So I think Mad Lads is, is more of the, the blue chip, right? The, the team behind it is building the, the marketplace over on Solana. So they are creating revenue streams. So like mm-hmm. that is something that, that you love to see. I think it's a little bit more secure. At the same time, the floor is already like 70 to 80 soul. Wow. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, something I'm personally looking at is more of the lower entry plays just because mm-hmm. they've got higher ROI opportunities and, and a little bit less downside. I mean, of course, anything can go to zero. I think certainly we've seen that that, that lesson play out uh, over the last few years. Um, but like D's, for instance, right? Th- th- this past weekend, he he made a trade on the Bodagos. The Bodagos were at a 1.2 sole floor. Um, he basically bought a Mad Lads worth of Bodago. So he bought like 53 or something. I saw now that. the Bodago's floor is up 4X, right? And the and the Mad Lads floor is up like 10 or 15%. Um, so like that is something I am also like, you know, super closely paying attention to is like really where to where to pick and kind of consolidate um, in, into, you know, some conviction plays with, with more upside uh, versus just trying to pick like one NFT here or, or there. So a little bit of a roundabout answer. No, um, but I'm still kind of picking, uh, picking which where to participate in Solana. It's funny because if anybody's listening to this, they could probably say that this was back in like 2021. A lot of the conversations happening right now, like we're obviously talking about a lot of wins here, but it is a market that I mean, if you see the chart from where it was back in 2021 to where it's at now, like we are still at the bottom basically of the trading volume versus where it was. And I think a lot of people rightfully so are skeptical in this market because there is a lot of hype. And when things boom, people lost all money, they gain. Like you're obviously looking at it, the market every single day, you're tracking things. There's a lot of things to also be skeptical of. So taking kind of the other side of the house, like what should people be weary of? And what are the signs that people really should look for if they are investing in this space and if they want to just kind of start dipping their toes back in? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the number one thing is we're not really seeing any new traders come mm-hmm. come into the market. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, we saw a tiny uptick, I think on the weekly, uh, I, I've, got the, I've got the chart up here. So, you know, 56,000 on the weekly up from 46 thousand so up a solid you know 20 percent week over week but we had like two hundred fifty thousand weekly traders uh back in, in, in peak market right so we're still down 80 percent if you zoom out i think it's hard to imagine like a full-on mega bull run without yeah, a whole lot more wallets coming in i think what do you, like, what do you think what do you think brings those those wallets back like what do you think is the thing 
like what in your eyes, what needs to happen or what are the, or what are the upcoming factors that will drive that, that new users? Because I'm telling you, it's been everyone swinging for it. I mean, every project, every investor is saying to them, Hey, you got to get more users. You got to get more customers. You know, what do you think we're missing here? Or what do you think needs to happen? Yeah, I mean, I think the reality is first crypto has to lead and like crypto is still not getting, you know, the, the mainstream interest, even with, uh, you know, the, the BlackRock ETFs in the news. It feels like it's still just our core niche here on, on crypto Twitter or, or X now who is following this and, and talking about this. And I think crypto absolutely has to lead the way. And in a crypto bull cycle, wealth effect comes in and then the NFTs start moving up. And then we start seeing a little bit more of like the, the mainstream media, mainstream publications starting to say, hey, I, you know, NFTs are alive again. I mean, I kind of hate to say that, but I think mean, that absolutely is a, a reality in, in oh, how to reach a, a mainstream user base. Now, of course, brands like Disney, brands like Mercedes, brands like Starbucks, launching their Web3 programs and going deeper into them and really starting to get out of like a beta phase and into a wider spread phase, I think can, it can also absolutely be onboarding events. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's like the school of thought, well, you know, those folks are just going to be buying, you know, like the, the $1 NFTs or $2 NFTs behind the scene. Like that's not going to come back to your JPEGs. Well, I think I, I take the opposite side where um, it, it's more fish in the, this, this pond that we're in and there are going to be some whales and there are folks who are going to be onboarded who have the larger bankrolls and say like, okay, well now I've got these digital collectibles. I want to find the best ones. Uh, so I, I do think we will see, uh, you know, more whales come out of a larger onboarding event, uh, but it's going to take some time. And I think we're still going to need to figure out exactly what some of those mechanisms are, are going to be. So here's another question for you. So the, have you seen any role that AI has played yet in the NFT world? I mean, I know we've seen a couple. Um, there's a couple of projects, even ones that we've invested in, that have introduced AI that, or that are that are incorporating AI into the NFT experience. Anything that comes to mind for you, first of all, and like, what do you, what, where do you see that playing a role? So I think in the gaming space, I think uh, Parallel has an AI component. Can you to, tell me about Parallel? I hear about Parallel all the time. Do you know anything about it? I've been hearing uh, about it a little. Uh, so I, I'm not an active player, but I think for a lot of folks, when they think about uh, you know, how to to bet on the Web3 gaming sector without really diving in, like Parallel, their NFTs and their Prime token it is the top of folks' list. And the Prime mm -hmm. token, we've seen it. It's up like 200% from local bottom. It's at like $5 now. Yeah. Um, it's still, still below where it came out, but... I mean, it, it's a game that a lot of us who were here in 2021, a lot of us were collecting those, those parallel packs. Uh, so it kind of has that nostalgia effect. Um, they, they were kind of working behind the scenes, you know, building quietly. And now that their games are rolling out, and it seems like the first-hand reviews are people enjoy playing the game. Um, so, you know, that has been huge. And I think the other area I'm primarily watching it is more in the art sector. Um, so AI art is absolutely going to be here to stay. I think from an investment standpoint, supply is going to be virtually unlimited. So, you know, you, you're really going to have to pick your spots, but it will likely have the effect of driving value back to like the best and, and the earliest. And, you yeah. know, there's some, without like showing bags, there's some early AI art projects like Deep Black that, you know, are, are on my radar ones that I'm looking at. And then we talk about Refic. I mean, are you familiar with Aletheia AI? 
Also, I'm, I'm not so familiar with, with Alethea. So, um, Alethea, uh, also another investment that Redbeard's made over time, is, uh, is, is really doing some interesting stuff. They're thinking about ownership. So, like, how could your NFT um, and, and the AI that you incorporate into the specific NFT be like an owned NFT model? So it's like they're calling it character GPT. So it basically is enabling you to almost like interact and engage with your uh, with your NFTs, but then own the unique evolution of that specific NFT and how the model is trained over time. I think there's a you know I think that's also something we're seeing from um, like the Root Network and their um, what's their what's their project what's their community uh, Futureverse. Futureverse is doing a lot of stuff around the AI side of things as well with like. Owning your own, owning your AI, the AI with their with their their soccer game, their music generation. So uh, I think there's going to be I think the idea of interactive NFTs are just you know to me that's an almost an obvious path uh, and being able to personalize the NFT interaction over time. So I could see a lot of stuff happening there that I think will become really exciting because I think that it'll also make it a little bit more sticky if you feel like hey I've uh, I've been I've I've uh, I've not only own this NFT, but I've trained it and I've personalized it. I think that'll become a sticky experience for a lot of people in in terms of their relationship to that specific NFT. Yeah, that concept makes a ton of sense. Uh, and I think AI is kind of also kind of stuck where you know mainstream uh, users kind of got their first real taste. Uh, it was on folks' radar, and then it kind of went away, and it was just a, a fun toy. Um, but we will quickly begin to the point where I think it is on everyone's radar and, and they're using it, uh, you know, on a daily basis if they're not already. And I think that will, will likely be a, a boom in, in the companies who are here and already have the products, of course, I think are going to be very well set up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And my, I guess like maybe my final question for now, any, uh, any recent purchases that you're excited about that you've made on the NFT side of things? Drew's going to go buy it right after this call. So. <laughs> I mean, the, the cryptos, got, got to shout out the, the cryptos. I think so one of the, the fun takeaways uh, from the, the social fire era is it was the cryptos were all over uh, the, the PFPs in some of the core social fire apps. And I think that that drove attention back to that project. And folks realized, hey, these are things these things are too cheap. And again, if, if the market's going to run and then we're going to bring back some of, of the best PFPs and IP, I mean, to toads have to be on that list. Mm -hmm. um, I famously and hilariously called for cryptos to flip both board apes and crypto punks on a show back in September of uh, 2021. Uh, so my, my targets are a little bit lower now than uh, than they were, uh, but uh, it, it's a fun one and the, the vibes are good. I think it passes your test, right? Do you just want to collect this? Do you I, like I, this? And yeah. I can go to sleep at night and not worry about checking the floor price. Agreed. Um, agreed. I, I own one of those as well. I think it's one of those those fun ones for the. It's it's one of those that like you own for the culture. And other than that, so I, I I'm starting to accumulate checks. So I I, I love Opepins, but I think the price difference between checks and, and Opepins make checks a little bit more interesting to me. And I don't see a world where both of these don't succeed. Yeah. If, if I, I, I love I think Opepins and it's and it's and how it's going to continue to. Um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like how the un uh, unrevealed are continuing to reduce in supply over time. And then every time a partnership announcement that gets people excited about uh, with less and less unrevealed available, 
you just like feel like it's an inevitable. I have a bet with Beanie right now. We were both at 0.6 or it was at 0.6 or 0.65. And um, I bet that it would get to one E. It was like 0.6 or something. I bet that it would get to one E and he bet it would go to 0.3. And we're still kind of fighting in between right now. Well, I, I like your side on that yeah, one. It, it feels like uh, it feels inevitable that, yeah. you know, they're going to you know take away and it's just going to take the right partnership. And I mean, Beeple, like we're probably going to see like a Beeple Opepin down the line. I feel like all the major artists are going to have theirs. It's similar, similar to memes. It's like memes in a way. Like the meme six five two nine. Like every major artist has played as as has almost had a role now in in doing their own meme drop. And I could very very similarly see that happening with um, Opepins. What else? What else? And and what else is new? What's next for Lucky Trader? What's on the docket for Lucky Trader now? Yeah, I mean, just kind continuing to ramp up our focus, right? With the, this, uh, the, the hints of a bull market continuing to to come up. Um, you know, we're, we're looking to branch out into our coverage of other chains. So, like the Solana NFT ecosystem. So that that's certainly one. I think low hanging fruit for us to to start paying more attention to, uh, and just continuing to to refine our AI tools. Um, are, are tools that, you know, we offer for products like DraftKings Rainmakers and, and trying to find, you know, what are the other ecosystems that we can build tools uh, to, to help, you know, users, collectors have uh, the best experiences. So we're going to continue pushing that forward. That's awesome, man. Well, or listen, we got to, we're not going to, this is not going to be a one and done for you. Let's have you back on every once in a while so we can just talk about the market and things that are happening and we'll make you our, our go-to uh, NFT uh, uh, expert to bring in to, to talk with us on Redbeard Radio. Well, let's do it. I, I love it. And, and hopefully yeah, the market will be being good. Appreciate yeah. you coming on. Where can people who are listening follow you along, <laughs> your podcast or your Twitter? Where's the best place to reach you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, on Twitter is the best. I'm at Tyler underscore did underscore it. So at Tyler did it. I uh, run the daily newsletter called The Morning Minute. You can also find my daily Twitter Spaces show. It airs at, at 10 a.m. Eastern every day, also over, over on Twitter. So everything runs through through Twitter or X. Uh, so that's the best place to find me. And then Lucky Trader, also luckytrader.com. Uh, and you can find all of our, our news articles, our, our guides, our tools, uh, everything over there. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining everybody listening. If you made it this far, please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, comment. This is brought to you by Alto and Alto makes it easy for individuals to invest in alternative assets using their self-directed IRA and appreciate you guys all hopping on and we'll be here next week. So thanks so much. Talk soon. This has been a Redbeard Ventures production.